The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything that you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drive so you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. I've been so pumped to take a couple of friends with our road bikes to some of the trails nearby, and now I can bring the entire crew, my dog, and all of our gear with that third row. Learn more about the new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. We're about a month into the season now. And we've got some surprises of teams. Teams who have come out of nowhere. Teams that probably aren't going to be, like, amazing as well, but they are fun. They're not contenders. We did a little breakdown on the Kings, and people were like, hey, like, break down my team like that. What's what, Come on, bring that energy for us. And so let's do that. Like, if you're some of the lesser talked-about teams around the league, let's, let's go into them. I've got two, one good, one bad. I can't get into all of them, and I'm going to continue to roll them out. Maybe we'll do some more later on this week. But the first one, that we need to start talking about is the OKC Thunder. What's happening there? Holy shit. They are absolutely flying. They scored how much? They are putting up numbers going straight toe. They were 11 and a half point dogs. That just tells you. 11 and a half point underdogs to the Boston Celtics. And they were ahead the entire game. I was like, these motherfuckers are going to win this game. Holy shit, they they took Boston to the brink. Tatum had a gajillion, and they still barely beat the Thunder. They put the fear of God into them, boy. The Thunder can score. They can score. And they don't even have their complete roster. Like a team that went to the finals, and you take them, they just hung around and just hung around and hung around and hung around. Shea, who is, by the way, I don't know, top five favorite player to watch, maybe. Maybe not that high, but it's very high. He's now, he put up damn near 40 on the Celtics. Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, he's going to be a stud. He's only played three games this year. He came in, was very productive as a starter. I think he had 14 points for them. He did his thing. Really nice little mid-range game for Jalen Williams. By the way, they do have two Jalen Williams. It's the one from Santa Clara. I must just give that out. Very balanced effort. All of the starting five. Poku, yeah, Poku was fucking solid. Yes, Poku's like my guy. He's like a little wish Chet, you know? Like a little more, a little more chaotic. A little like more feeling himself. He's like if Chet 
if you got Chet at the dollar store. You know what I mean? Like, I love Chet. And I love Poku. He's clearly not Chet. But he does a lot of the same things that Chet does. And he is balling. Holy shit. He, what did he got? 25? We'll talk about him in a second. Mind you, all of the starting five were in double figures. Almost 20 points by all of them. They had 122 points, and they barely got any production out of their bench because why? They don't have one. They don't really have a bench. Okay? So Giddy, Dort, Poku, all almost scored. All almost scored 20. This coming off the heels of going up into the garden and putting the straight smack down on the Knicks to the point, think about this. The OKC Thunder destroyed the New York Knicks so badly. There are now think pieces being written about Tom Thibodeau being fired. That's how much they did. That's what they did to them. 145 points in the garden. The Thunder put 145 points on a team that's supposed to be built around their defense, and now Thibodeau is on the hot seat. Mind you, Chet Holmgren, the real Chet Holmgren, is out for the year. They don't even have their number two pick. SGA still picking apart every single defense without a secondary score. And he's just, he's going to be an all-star this year. He's got to probably make all-NBA. He's, I mean, he's putting up 40 regularly. Two-way player, improved his three-point shot, impossible to stop. Every defense they throw at him, he just knows exactly how to read it. He's like a little plan, like, he's like, uh, what was that called? That little chess movie? God. Oh, man. He's, you know what I'm talking about. He was like Google's chess movie in the middle of it. The Queen's Gambit, where he sees all the defenses on the ceiling, and he's like, yep, just go this way, go that way, slash through them that way. He is at, imagine when he gets his jelly to the peanut butter. When he gets Chet, it's going to be curtains. It is going to be absolute curtains for the rest of the league. They put up 145 points without Chet Holmgren. What would they have done with Chet Holmgren? Sheesh. Think about how good Shea is. When he's off the floor, they're just trash. They're just horrible. Like, they are one of the worst offensive teams in the league when Shea does not play. It's just literally that simple. That is how much gravity he's bringing to the team. And we talked about Poku a little earlier, about the Summer League. He's scoring 25% more this year than he had last year. Progression, what we would call on display. Just in the game against the Bucks, he had a full stat sheet. Blocks, dimes, rebounds, Poku stats, just absolutely through the roof. I'm trying to get, get them full for you because you can't really even get Poku stats if you just Google it because... There's a bunch of Pokus, I guess. So game against the Bucks, he had 10 rebounds, 2 blocks, 17 points, and 2 assists. Just, just ridiculous. Just absolutely ridiculous. Lou Dort just got paid, as we know. Finding his offensive stroke now that they've hired Chip England. Josh Giddy, averaging 15-7-6. He's raised his 3-point shooting by 7%. It's still very early. Like, this is a squad. If you are not watching OKC, you are missing out. This is a fun-ass, fun-ass team. They're shooting 39% this season on shots over 20 feet, which is 3% improvement over last year. That's because, like I said before, Chip England's going to come in here. What does he do? He comes into a team, and every single time, without fail, 
they increase their shooting percentage by 3%. Every time. That's what he does. Shot doctor, three-point shooting league. And even though maybe 3% doesn't seem like a lot, a lot, but, like, that's now their 14th in the league. Where they, where they, where they, where were they at last year? They were at the bottom. So that 3% changes everything. And that is why they can score. They're, they're averaging it's – just, it's just been absolutely ridiculous. Back to Shea really quickly. He's averaging 31, 6, and 5. Shea is averaging 31 points per game, 6 assists, 5 rebounds per game. He has 2 steals per game, 1.5 blocks per game. What the fuck? This is what J.J. Reddick just said. You are missing a show if you're not watching Oklahoma City. Yeah, that's exactly right. That is exactly right. In any given year, those numbers are first-team All-NBA numbers. Yeah, there's a reason that the Shea is the lead target for all these different, again, Literally now, all these trade rumors about the Knicks going after Shea. That's, he's broken them. He has broken them. Torched them for 37 against the Knicks. Had 37 against the Celtics. And this is like a very unselfish offensive scheme. They had eight players getting double digits a week ago. First time in the team history that they've done that. You add Chet in there, man. This, is, this team is already a problem. They're already covering big numbers. I tell you what, you add back in Chet, and they're definitely getting a top five pick, right? It's probably going to be someone good. It's probably going to make them even more dangerous. SGA, though, my prediction, definitely an all-star. Definitely, I'd say second team all-NBA. <sighs> tell you what, that team is fire. On the flip side of the coin, we just talked about OKC and how exciting they are. How fun they are. How impressive this roster is. How they're just really a piece or two away from being really competing. And they're like winning games they're not supposed to win. So that's on one, one side. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. What is happening with the Houston Rockets? Why is nobody talking about them? How bad are the Houston Rockets right now? They are fucking trash. I'm sorry, there's people in my YouTubes, oh, you cuss too much, too many cuss words, too many F-bombs, I watch it with my kids. I'm sorry. The, if you're watching the Houston Rockets right now, you'll know what I'm talking about. Why are we not holding them accountable? Why? Because we want them to just be good. We want them to be fun. They're a cute little league pass team, right? I love Jalen Green. And listen, I'm kind of a contrarian, so when Bill Simmons said all those mean things about Jalen Green, I was like, no. We love Jalen Green. Jalen Green is a winning player. And I'm like, in my heart of hearts, like if I was just me and you and the lamppost, is he? I don't know. I don't quite know if he is yet. I'm not sure. I want to think he is. He shoots a lot. He's a bucket. We know that. But does that matter? I don't know. Like Paul George is a bucket too. He hasn't won a damn thing. They had to get rid of like pieces on this Rockets team because they were also buckets that weren't winning players. I don't know. And now things are boiling over, right? 
not only are they losing games, which is what we've expected that they would do, they're 2-12. and 12, So they're one of the worst teams in the league. They're going to continue to be. We've got teams that are tanking that are 500. So what are they? They're like, they just don't even care at all. But they are now, things are boiling over to the point where frustration is leaking out onto the floor. Veteran Eric Gordon, who God knows why he's even still there, why a team hasn't saved him, he's fed up with his teammates. This is what he said post-game. We didn't play our game. We didn't have energy. We didn't play with togetherness. And we got the result that happens. If you have a winning mentality, moving the ball is something that you should do. Pretty common, yeah. Believing in your teammates and believing in what you should do. That's the way it goes when you're trying to win. We are not doing that. It's very tough. It's been the same thing year in, year out, game to game. It's a long season. When we have games like this early on, it's tough. Yes. And we've seen this. It's like these guys will not pass each other the ball if they're wide open. It's, it's like when you go to Equinox. It's not exactly like this, but you know what I mean. It's like when you go to Equinox and you're like the new person on the court for the lunchtime run, and it doesn't matter if you've got seven feet of space. They are not passing you the ball at all. Not doesn't matter what kind of screens you're setting, defense you're playing, how good you looked in the little pregame warm-up thing, how many shots you've hit, in a, you're not getting the ball. That's the Houston Rockets, but with all of them. It's like every single player on the court is that new person at the Equinox run if that other person has the ball. Like, nope, not passing to you, Jabari Smith, underneath the basket, wide open. Fuck off, I'm going to shoot this 30-footer. What is going on? Do you know what it means when a veteran has been on a losing team and he finally decides he's going to call out that team publicly? It means he's been saying it privately for a while, right? Like, they are being, and he said it, this is a selfish team. This is a selfish team. You can feel in his voice, what am I doing here? What is this? This is the resignation in his tone. It's palpable. And that is what happens when you're 37, which is what he is, on a team that's on track for the third straight year to be one of the worst teams in basketball. So at what point do we start holding them accountable, Houston? Houston, we've got problems on this roster. Like, I'm not talking about Steven Silas. I'm fine with him. I don't even know what to make of him yet. I don't know if he's good. I don't know if he's bad. He's not elite. That's obvious. But he's, who knows? Could he be Steve Clifford? Sure. Could he be Dwayne Casey? Sure. I don't know. Could he be Tibbs? Maybe. Could he be better than that? Is he Nick Nurse? Probably not. Back to the point. This team doesn't have pieces that really make any damn sense. You know? It's like he's tasked with babysitting a team who is basically saying publicly on all the blogs, on all their, you know, stuff that they do, that one of the cornerstone players that they have, and don't kill me on this because there's a lot of people who love him because he's a bucket, he's a bucket, he's a bucket. But the cornerstone on the team is a player that was waived by the Cleveland Cavaliers for throwing food at his teammate. I know that's not relevant, but he was a cast-off, and you're making him a corner. You got him for free, okay? You literally got this piece for free, and now it's the centerpiece of your room. You know what I mean? Maybe not, like, great. When I look at this roster, there's five guys under 20. Five guys on this 15-man roster that can't even drink right now. 
Many haven't even played in college. Not saying that's necessary, but like I think four haven't played in college. They've come over either through the G League or international. It's hard seeing an elite team here. You got guys that played one year in college who are very wild now being sent down to the G League, and Tari Eason, who I love. What is the upside of this team? I don't know. If I saw this stat about what Jabari Smith is averaging right now, and it's awful. It's god-awful compared to, to Paolo, which is what they'll always be compared together. And I thought to myself, what would Paolo be on this team? Would they be passing Paolo the ball? I don't know. Jalen Green thinks he's pretty good. He is pretty good, but you know what I'm saying. Jalen Green wants to be the man. You got Kevin Porter Jr. wants to be the man. You got Josh Christopher. He shoots a lot. You got Alperin Shingun. He wants the ball. Are they giving the ball to Paolo? They have Alperin Shingun. I like him. But he plays no defense. He's bad. He's really, really bad. Does anybody think Jabari Smith is better than Paolo right now? No. But if they switch places, then everybody will be like, oh, thank God Orlando didn't take Paolo because Paolo is just languishing in Houston. Anyone who was drafted to go to Houston was going to be languishing in Houston. Usman Garuba? They took Usman Garuba in the first round. Why? He's doing absolutely nothing. They could have had Io DeSunmu, who's balling. They could have had Herb Jones balling. Like, they're just passing over good pieces for very irrelevant fringe players that are doing absolutely nothing from a production standpoint. No shade. Jayshon Tate and Deshaun Nix? I'm sorry. I don't even think they're a starter for a real contender at this point. When you have veterans like Gordon and they're calling those guys out, that's not a sign. good sign. That's not a good sign. They're not playing a team game. They will not pass to one another. Watching their offense is like watching a competition as to who can get theirs. It's like watching duct tape. You know what I mean? Just sticks. Just stick, stick, sticks. Someone's open, like I said. Nobody's passing the ball. They're 2-12. and 12. What happens, though, the worst case scenario is this. Hopefully there is some sort of conspiracy uh, around the lottery because if Victor Wambanyama ends up a Houston Rocket, I will lose my shit. I don't know what, what – I don't think he'll fit on that team at all. No wonder Christian Wood wanted to get out of there. I'm sorry. If you're a Houston Rockets fan, I really am sorry for you because it's a fun young team, could compete on a night-to-night basis. I read a 2,000-word think piece article – from some random local Phoenix newspaper about how dangerous the Houston Rockets are seen around the league. I'm sorry, I don't buy one word of that. Fun team, might compete for a quarter or two, but ultimately probably the worst team in the league.